Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first interview of Season 5 for Super Cool Radio. I'm your host, as always, the spirit of Super Cool Radio himself, Matthew Thomas. I got a really great guest joining me for this interview. He is the creator and frontman of Ra Sahaj. I had the opportunity to chat with him before the Ra show at the Music Factory in December. We chat about the music industry and if rock and metal music is dying out. Plus, we hear a little bit of insight from Sahaj about the plans for Ra for 2023. It is a really great interview, and I hope you enjoy. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about our merch store on Threadless. Shop a wide variety of logos with multiple colors and sizes available for each design. Your support is greatly appreciated and helps us continue to make killer content like this episode. Please visit supercoolradio.threadless.com or the link in the description to shop now. I got a really great guest with me at this time. He's a world-class musician, music producer, and the frontman of Ra. Please welcome Sahaj. What up? How you doing, guys? Hey, doing really good. Thanks so much for hanging out with me. Definitely a unique place to, to do an interview. I'll say that for the least. What, the front of my truck? Yeah. <laughs> it's cold outside. It, it definitely is. We have the Sprinter over there, but I figured this would be quieter. Really appreciate it. Plus, you got the heat on. It's yeah. very, very nice in here. But uh, right now, the reason we are here in uh, Battle Creek, Michigan at the Music Factory, you guys uh, obviously performing a show tonight. You had a run of shows with A Killer's Confession. How is uh, how is everything going? Everything is great. As you mentioned, producing and writing for other bands is sort of my day job. This is something I'm doing for me, for fun. Uh, it's the 20th anniversary of our first major release and i feel like it would be a shame if we didn't go out and play some of the older songs and sort of take uh you know take a stab at re representing the album turning 20 years old it was a it was quite an effort to get it out and a lot of stuff happened to make that happen so it was just uh something i felt like we needed to do oh definitely and congrats on 20 years for this album now going back 20 years did you ever think like going up to today present day that rod would be around 20 years later i'm not surprised that we're still around i think you you know, I understand why we didn't become the biggest band in the world because those were like sort of somewhat business life decisions. But I do also think that there was a multiverse version of this band where we, you know, sort of stuck it out and, f and stayed really focused on the goal and ended up being, you know, sort of breaking Benjamin sized. Oh, no, for sure. And I definitely, I, I actually, I'm a recent uh, fan of Raw. I know uh, you guys, uh, I did, unfortunately didn't make the show, but you guys played at Pierre's a little bit ago. Plus, last year with my friends, Praise the Fallen, uh, that's when I first started hearing about Raw. I really like, it's it's a very, it's a different sound of music, uh, at least for, like, for some of the stuff I listen to, but I really like it and extremely well produced, and I really like your vocals as well. Yeah, I think the whole trick of it was, you know, there are very few things you can do that are new. So the idea was, how can I find two things that no one's ever combined and then create a lane for that so you know 22 23 years ago 
I created a band that sort of had my favorite bands in it, which was Corn and Metallica meets Peter Gabriel and Sting. And that was sort of the meeting point. There's other artists like Prince and I would say Joe Satriani is a big one. I would say Soundgarden has elements and... You know, there's a lot of bands that sort of influence us, but the definition of the band is sort of Corn Metallica meets Peter Gabriel and the police. And that was the sort of the barriers in which we had to live between. That is like a great way to describe it because I definitely understand what you mean listening to your music, that it is all those influences and combinations to make a very unique style of music. But now for for you, since we, you know, we're talking about this, your 20th anniversary for the album, do you have a favorite song to perform live off the album? Off of that album? Yes. I mean, it's hard to beat... Uh, Do You Call My Name, just because of everybody's enthusiasm level. You know, it's our biggest song. There are actually songs on that album that we don't play on this run that I liked. In the old days, I used to like playing Parole, which was a fast, ridiculous song that made no sense, but it was just fun to play live. Uh, At the moment in the set, the song I like playing the most is Intercorrupted, which is off of our newest album. And I just, that song is just really well crafted to me. And I just feel really like... I'm in my modern place when I perform that song. Now that we're playing, you know, now that we've done a whole tour of these older songs, it's funny for me to listen to them and hear the new metaliness of them. You know, to hear Fallen Rock Zone and Violator and be like, oh my God, these are like disturbed songs. You know, like they're like old, early 2000 songs and they sound it, you know? And it's and it's always, uh, it's funny to have enough time away from them to come back and be like, oh yeah, these are totally you know, 20-year-old songs. But it's, it's a great way to describe it. It also shows the, the evolution of Raw through these 20 years. Now, are these some of these songs, are they going to stick around in future sets? Well, I'm actually going to be sort of rebranding the whole project next year. I don't know how deep I can get into sort of what it is that I'm going to do, but it's going to be significantly different because, you know, I, I don't really have... I'm playing these shows with friends that are musicians, but it's not the original members of the band. And moving forward, you know, those guys have a lot going on in their lives and they're much older. And I'm, you know, I'm the one that sort of drives the creative boat on this. And I just, I feel pretty strongly about creating something that is risky. And I don't really want to do the 22, the 20, the 2023 version of what I've already done. I'd rather try and take a risk and do something a little bit more modern and interesting and see if I can change lanes just a little bit. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, 2023 has in store for you and what you have in store for 2023. But that's what kind of like art and music is. It's about taking risk and going with like the music that you want to make as well. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it's a hard thing to talk about objectively because it is my day job, right? So when I work with Starset and nothing more and Bad Wolves and Motley Crue. I mean, they're all on such different sides of the spectrum, you know, that I have to put on sort of a different brain for each one of those projects. But, you know, the most, the band that I've done the most songs for is Starset. And within that, there's definitely a raw thread that runs through Starset's sort of you know, DNA. And I think the, what it is that I'm looking to do in the future hints at some of the Starset stuff, but it's even more electronic and maybe even more EDM but it's hard to it's hard to quantify that because i think a lot of new music sort of flirts with edm and modern pop all the time it's it's hard to sort of distinguish where the line is yeah a lot of modern music for me seems to be one notch below where i think great top 40 is living and i'm trying to see if there's a way that i could ratchet up what i'm doing to be on the same level as that but also change lanes so that it's a little bit more mainstream it sounds really awesome i'm definitely very excited for what you have in the works this is a very uh kind of loaded question so i know we we can't spend much time on it but i've heard from a few different you know some people in the music industry that rock and metal music is dying out do you think that's true 
The wrong terminology is to say that it's dying out because it's not the amount of energy and passion that goes into it and the amount of love and passion that the fans have to for it is as much, if not more, than it's always been. I think streaming music has changed the shelf life of a lot of rock bands. And I think technology becoming so cheap has made it a lot easier for everyone to sound the same. So that affects the longevity and sort of the impact. But in terms of market share, the rock universe is a small piece of the pie. It's a, you know, it doesn't compete with country rap or pop music or, you know, there's, there's a million subsections of music that, that have a larger slice of the audience than what we call hard rock or, you know, radio rock rock, whatever you want to call it. The future for that stuff is somewhat limited because sonically, you know, what seems to always happen is something really popular happens on, and, and now we're seeing it directly, right? In the old days, you'd see a band in sync would come out with Bye Bye Bye, and there'd be a certain kind of production value to that, and all these old Backstreet Boys songs and Britney Spears, and then when Linkin Park came out, people were like, oh, they're just doing what those bands did, right? But at least they did it in their own way. Now we literally have bands that don't even bother, they just go out and do hard rock covers of whatever the most popular pop song is. And I think that's somewhat detrimental. It's good for business for them, but it's somewhat detrimental to the ultimate sort of creative validity of the rock universe, just because the music, you know, is regurgitated. I mean, right now on the charts, there are three or four just blatant pop covers of other people's work. And, and the problem with it a lot of the times is that you do a hard rock or metal cover of a song, the song is fantastic and you can't compete. You know, you can't do Sam Smith cover and compete with Sam Smith. You just can't. <laughs> That's it's a like good point. You, you can try, but it's ultimately going to be less than a diluted sort of crappy version of it. So I think more importantly, the way to look at it is bands like Bring Me the Horizon, where there's a lot of creative credibility and they follow trends and they're also really great at marketing and they also happen to have respect and sort of cross-platform respect with like Ed Sheeran and Halsey and things like that. So they're doing it the right way, in my opinion, where they're staying relevant and they're also maintaining a huge slice of the audience, but they're an anomaly. Not a lot of people can figure that out. And most people try really hard and get, you know, and just sort of get a smaller slice. No, definitely. I think that was a very well uh, an in-depth answer for all that. I, and I definitely agree. But all, and also, I think music has to evolve. Rock and metal isn't really allowed to evolve to a certain extent because rock, the demographic is so wide. So you have 15-year-olds listening to Beartooth, but you have 55-year-olds listening to Five Finger. But they're all played on the same stations. So That's what cool. ends up happening there is, is there's not a lot of movement because you can't stray too far to one area or to the other area because if you get too mathy then you then you're a progressive metal band and you never get airplay and if you're not mathy enough and if you're too soft then you're just on the alternative station which by the way most people would rather be on the alternative station than the hard rock station but the point being that if you're thinking just in terms of hard rock metal it's hard to sort of be you know special in that lane and you know and some of the pride that i have is is some of the bands that i work with i think do achieve some level i think nothing more is is somewhat unique i think star set is unique i think bad wolves is unique in different universes I mean, there's an element of Bad Wolves that you could say it's just super metal uh, Nickelback, but then there's also sides of it. You know, I'm really good friends with Max Karen, who's the, the guitar player for that band, and he brings something to the table with that band to me that's quite unique and just doesn't exist. You know, it's a sort of like a dime bag approach that's really metally and low tuned to G and crazy. But anyway, I think. Yeah, the relevance of hard rock metal universe is going to always be limited a little bit because of the formats that control it, whether it's rock hard on playlists and Spotify or whether it's Octane. Their job is to sort of maintain a certain level of interest from moment to moment. It's hard to generate that kind of instant gratification. You know, a song like 
falling in reverses voices in my head you know is an easy digestible thing it's well done and i think the song is great and i think tyler smith who produced it is fantastic but i also think the formula is required in order to be able to deliver it to that audience in a way that they can digest it fast enough for it to have the impact it needs to have over the shorter shelf life of the average listener now, because people listen to music faster. When I was a kid, you listened to music for like a year. You know, I listened to Injustice for All for like a year. Now, if I if I hear a record, I dive in and, and I'm done in a month. But I definitely understand. I know we, uh, we got to wrap up this interview. I really appreciate your time. So last thing I know you touched on it just a little bit, but what are the plans uh, hold for you and Ra for 2023? Well, I'm doing a sort of a one-man band thing on Shiprock the end of January. I'm going to be writing with nothing more. I have a bunch of songs in the works with Starset again. And I'm going to be releasing new raw about every other month throughout all of 2023, but it's going to be rebranded, new artwork, new feel, more pictures. It's really just going to be me. It's not going to be the other guys. And it's going to lean, you know, a lot on sound design and trying to be modern. Half of the reason I still want to do it is because as I get up on stage on these shows, I'm still singing really good. In fact, I mean, I could argue, I would make the argument that I sing better now than I did 20 years ago, but I'm not a young guy. So, you know, it, it, there's a little bit of a realism to the idea of trying to break as a new artist. So I don't want to break as a new artist. I want to take what I've built with Ra and just shift it into, you know, another lane and see if I can use that to sort of kickstart it. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to it. It sounds like you got some great plans in the works. I look forward to rocking out with you tonight. First time seeing Ra. I'm definitely very excited. But Sahaj, thank you so much for stopping by Super Cool Radio. It was an honor to interview you. Awesome, man. Thank you for having me. Of course, for Sahaj of, of Ra, I'm your host as always, Matthew Thomas. Thank you so much for watching and listening to Super Cool Radio. And remember, stay frosty.